Well, around people, what you're saying, it is I, Diligent Fingers, and welcome back to the Viewpoint Podcast, having conversations about music and life. Um, it's been a while since the last podcast, I think it was uh, back in June, um, since the last one, talking about, you know, the situation surrounding George Floyd and what was what's uh, since been going on in America surrounding you know the racial tensions that are going on over there when it comes to the police um during that time you know obviously lockdown has happened um and all of us have ended up in quite a unique situation that a lot of us never thought we'd really experience um with and that being with the lockdown um things have been trying to say the least, during this period, um, and it seems like it's going to carry on for another good while yet. Um, I don't think we'll actually fully get back to normal. It seems until you know twenty twenty one. Um, and it's ended up putting a lot of things into a different light, especially with everybody being in the same situation. Um, but you know each individual having a different level of, you know, stress, hardship, um, or for some people, like, it's safe to say some people like myself that spend a lot of time on their own anyway, you know, um, it wasn't that much different. The most stressful side of things was, you know, seeing how much it was affecting um, my friends and family around me, especially with some of my family members falling ill and having to go into hospital and us not being able to visit them to see them while they're in there um one of my family members is in a pretty bad way um and another one did actually um catch covid and stuff so you know um it's been a very very trying time especially with how confusing sort of information and the rules and restrictions and regulations have been coming from our government here in the United Kingdom. So, yeah, I think everybody's been going through it. Um, but during these period, during this period, it has put a lot of things into a different light and it has ended up exposing a lot of um, hidden things um, or bringing to the surface conversations that do need to be had. And I feel like during this time, I've had the opportunity to actually sort of knuckle down and really sort of reflect on certain things that have been happening in my life um, to a point where I can I can talk about them um, with a lot more understanding than I, than I may have had before. And today, I want to take the opportunity to talk about toxic masculinity and the hypocrisy of men, basically. Um, because it's something that I've, I've subconsciously been having to deal with for most of my life um, in terms of, in general, the toxic masculinity side of it, but also unknowingly the hypocrisy of men and that men carry. Now, I know a lot of people are going to jump on that, jump on that and sort of send their daggers to me and stuff like that but if you really want to have an honest conversation if you really want to be real with yourself and real with the people around you 
then, you know, hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll understand exactly where I'm coming from and why I feel like it has been a dangerous sort of subconscious thing that us as men have had to deal with. And it still is a dangerous thing that we have to deal with, but in diff- in more subtle and blatant, more subtle yet blatant forms, I shall say. You know, but in terms of how toxic masculinity affected me growing up, you know, initially the first times I can I can remember in terms of inklings of, you know, toxic mas- to- toxic masculinity rearing its ugly head um, was kind of growing up really in the men that I had as role models growing up around me. Um, you know, in terms of my father figure, you know, he was what you would call the strong and silent type. He didn't really say much. He didn't, I don't remember him really sort of, you know, raising, raising his voice to me or, you know, ever really like sort of, you know, being domineering with himself. But the characteristics that he had, you know, growing, growing up, I felt like those were characteristics that were valuable and you know would 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 serve me well growing up being strong being silent being being reserved not really showing you know how you really feeling or what you're really thinking about i couldn't i couldn't really read my dad as i was growing up to tell you the truth i couldn't really tell you what he is actually about as a person other than you know he was the dad you know if i was ever in trouble you know sometimes he would be the person I would be threatened with, you know, to make sure I would be a good boy and all those kind of things, you know. Obviously, growing up, if I'd ever gotten into trouble, you know, sometimes I've taken a beating, but, you know, realising that, you know, in this day and age, yeah, it was a completely different time back then where, you know, giving your kid a little slap for being naughty was a lot less taboo and sort of dreading juicing than it is now really and uh, I don't particularly see it as a form of abuse you know because it served its purpose for what it was for if I was naughty you know and I've been told enough times that I, I was being naughty to the point where okay maybe a slap will bring the point home even more yeah and it worked I feel like I grew up and turned up and turned into a good person. Do you know what I mean? As a result of, you know, the pain from that beating being a reminder of what not to do. Um, I think that there's there's a comedy um, a comedy special by Eddie Griffin called Dysfunctional Family. And I think he he sort of illustrates that point a whole lot more in in, in a much funnier way than I have, you know, but, you know, growing up, I wouldn't say that there was an overbearing, like, feeling of masculinity that was, you know, that I was governed by growing up, but, you know, the characteristics that my my father had, my dad had at the time, were characteristics that I tried to take on, but I couldn't, you know, um, and they were, you know, being closed off, you know, showing that you've got you're strong at all times not really showing any forms of sensitivity or anything like that just like being just being odd do you know what i mean but as a result of that you know i ended up suppressing feelings 
you know if i was upset about things i would try my hardest not to show it even though even though if i did show it it would end up getting whatever the problem it was you know back on course to being sorted or you know people would understand my behaviors a lot more if i did show my feelings a lot more but i didn't i thought it was it was you know wrong to because my dad never did and then looking at other men around me i never really saw like my sort of bigger male role models cry or you know be really upset or i did see a lot of anger and that in my more more into my teenage years but you know into my younger growing up as a child i never really saw anything like that you know but when it got into my teenage years it became a lot different you know getting into school high school and you know seeing how other kids are and you know hearing about how they live and stuff like that and that whole sort of peer pressure do you know what i mean that sort of develops in high school and stuff i mean it was it took a while for that to sort of kick in for me because i ended up going i ended up going through three different high schools during my time in the care system excuse me during my time in the care system so it wasn't until like year two year eight sorry do you know what i mean um it wasn't until year eight until i started to see those started to experience those sort of dynamics in school of peer pressure of you know seeming hard you know not showing any weakness in front of the cock of the school do you know what i mean because then you'd end up getting bullied and things like that you know suppressing my feelings i can't if i get hit i can't cry do you know what i mean or anything like that otherwise bullying it'd just be a case of bullying but then again thinking back my school wasn't really that bad for bullying and that i remember a time when the whole school chased after a bully for um, for beating up a girl and stuff so i don't think uh, my school was that bad for bullying but i do remember a sense of right now i can't i can't do you know what i mean I can't show any weakness, I can't, I've got to show that I'm hard all the time, look at my brethren, one of my brethren's like the cock of the school, man, I can't, I can't be weak around him, you know, and all those kind of things, you know, you know, it, it, over the years, as I've gotten older, it's been said that, well, even during high school, it was said that, like, you know, sometimes I would have feminine traits and things like that, so then it's like, you know, you wouldn't see it that way. You would just see it as you just being you. Do you know what I mean? And, oh, yeah. Like, I can't even really think of anything that stuck out to me as being, you know, subconsciously feminine or anything like that because it's just me, you know? But to everybody else, it was like, rah, saying certain things, doing certain things, do you know what I mean, would lead to them thinking that I was gay. Or I'd have the gay title thrown at me. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that would then lead up to, do you know what I mean? Mild homophobia as a result. Because you know what I'll be seeing is gay. You don't want the whole whole school like, look, oh yeah, he's gay and all that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? Back in the early, the early to mid 90s, you know, it was a lot more common for people to throw that around, throw that around as an insult, as a slur than it is now. You know what I mean? So yeah, I used to I used to say things like that as an insult back 
Do you know what I mean? So then I, I would show that, you know, these things are affecting me, you know. But it would further lead to me just pushing down feelings. Do you know what I mean? Things would be going on, you know, outside of school. You know, I'd be suffering, like, abuse and racist abuse, you know, being in foster care and living in a predominantly white area from living in a predominantly multicultural black area and stuff but I would never tell anybody at school what was really going on because I didn't want them to think that you know ultimately I couldn't handle it so sometimes when I've gone I've gone, I've gone into school rather than saying I got beat up by a group of white guys for nothing you know I'd say that I just got into a fight with my brother and I wouldn't even tell people at school that my brother my foster brother was my foster brother he was just another brother but he had another he had a different mum to me do you know what I mean? And that. So all these sort of things that you would... All these sort of little lies that I would end up telling so then people wouldn't, you know, see who I really was. People wouldn't really find out what I was going through, you know? And then ultimately, it led to me being scared of being truly myself. You know what I mean? Like, I never really talked to talked to the other boys at school about comics or, do you know what I mean, being really into cartoons and manga and stuff like that. Video games was cool. You know, video games was cool. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. But, you know, I wouldn't tell any of my brethren that, you know, me and my brothers and sisters used to come up with dance routines to MC Hammer songs (laughs) and stuff like that. Even though in high school... Like, I had a run of winning the talent show, like, three years in a row. Do you know what I mean? But still, you know, MC Hammer was cheesy. MC Hammer was corny. Do you know what I mean? But I liked the way that he danced. Do you know what I mean? But I wouldn't tell anybody about it because I would get made fun of or I would be scared that I'd get bullied and stuff. Do you know what I mean? And it leads to you not really being able to be yourself. It leads to you... Developing a persona that you have to keep up for, you know, years, it seems. So then, you know, you you end up having less of a bad time through during a period in your life, you know. It led to me having troubles dealing with anger as well because I was a very angry person. I probably still am an angry person, but I'm just very well skilled in hiding that anger now. You, you know, the older that I've gotten, but I had a lot of a lot of problems dealing with anger, you know, for a long period of time, I'd be fine, but behind the scenes, things would be building up and building up and building up, but then at the same time, I knew, as growing, growing up and understanding things about, you know, some of the abuse that some of my family members have suffered, you know, over time, Anger was something that I always wanted to sort of run away from because anger reminded me of what what one of the destructive factors of you know my mum and my dad's divorce. You know, my 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 dad ended up becoming a very violent man towards my mum. You know, and really he's my stepdad, but he raised me, so he's my dad. Do you know what I mean? And my actual dad. He's a waste man, so don't need to worry about him. I met him when I was 30, 
past the point of him having having any kind of relevance or importance within my life at all. So, yeah, waste man, don't worry about him. But you know, you know, anger was one of the things that that ultimately came out when it 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 came to the point of my mum and my dad having getting a divorce. So things like that, I just wanted to stay completely away from. You know, I wanted to be the furthest version of that type of man like the opposite the complete opposite of that type of man as I possibly could you know but still the standard do you know what I mean archetype of what a man should be would still creep in whether it is due to you know peer pressure at school or just how society views men in general you know that archetype would still creep in and you would still end up falling into those sort of pitfalls of, you know, the vision of what a man should be, you know, the same as the same as everybody else, but in different differing ways, you know. It became it became increasingly hard to deal with failure as a result. You know, I was very scared to fail. And every time I failed, like, I I really beat myself up about it. And, uh, you know, so every time I lost a job, you know, I'd beat myself up. And then I would spend all waking hours applying to every single job, every single agency that was out there until I got one, another job as soon as possible, you know. But then things would happen that would lead me to lose that job, whether it was my, whether it was self-inflicted or just life getting getting in the way in general you know every time that would happen i would beat myself up a bit more every relationship that would fail i would beat myself up a bit more everything that went wrong with my family that i felt i could have helped prevent i would beat myself up a bit more about it to the point where i was breaking myself down more than anybody else was i was beating myself up more than anybody else was but still, I wouldn't let anybody see that, you know, I'm becoming very, very self-destructive, you know. All because I'm not fitting up to this this false archetype, this false vision of what a man should be or what every man should be, do you know what I mean? And that, like, is it became... A reason to hate myself and to hate men in general, especially because of, you know, the abuse that I realised men could afflict on women and it would be covered up. It would be excused. Like people just wouldn't speak up about it. People just won't do you know what I mean? Other men just won't call hold hold their friends or other men accountable, you know? To the point where I did develop a deep hatred of myself and then as a result of men. Do you know what I mean? Not to the point where I'd like, I didn't, you know, I wanted to be a woman or anything stupid like that before anyone says anything in any kind of comments or anything like that. But, you know, just like the more you would hear about rape, the more you would hear about or at least the more I would hear about rape, the more I would hear about domestic violence, the more I would hear about infidelity and adultery and stuff like that at the hands of men, 
the deeper and the deeper hatred I would have for myself, you know, because as you know, you know, I was conceived from you know rape, so you know, knowing that my mum had to go through something as horrific as that at the hands of another man, it really it had a ridiculously profound effect on me and how I how I look out at life and how I look at other men, you know. When it came to things like cheating, like, I'll admit, as a teenager growing up until I was about 16, 17, I was a dog. There was things that was happening around me that I'd never experienced before. Do you know what I mean? I ended up getting a lot of attention living in a predominantly white area and there was a girl school nearby. So I ended up getting a lot of attention, you know, the usual stereotypes. Is it true what they say about black men? Is it true once you go black, you never go back? So I took advantage of that. Do you know what I mean? I didn't know any better. But where things changed when it came to cheating, because I was cheating on girls left, right and centre. I was seeing girls in my, my high school and then coming home and seeing girls from my local area and then seeing girls from the next day and the next town along and all this kind of daft stuff. Ridiculous, like proper dog stuff. But the moment it changed was when I thought I had the sexiest girl in the area and she was mine. And that we were seeing each other for about six months, seven months, maybe. Sarah, her name was, never forget her name. I'm not going to say a surname, I'm not going to bait her out like that. But Sarah, her name was absolutely beautiful. Did that I fucked off all my side pieces for her, like everything. Do you know what I mean? After if I had peace to get a presence, like I was, I was smitten. Like, I was proper smitten on this girl. And then seven months later, I found out that she'd been, like, sleeping with, like, most of my friends. And that. And it broke my heart. It completely and utterly broke my heart. But it made me see what I was doing to women when I was cheating on them. And they would find out and I just wouldn't give a shit. And just be like, oh, right, and call them a bitch and whatever. Stupid fucking shit like that. Do you know what I mean? And how nonchalant she was to the fact it was happening to me. Maybe it was my karma. Maybe she'd heard how much of a dog I was. Do you know what I mean? And thought, right, well, this is my chance to, you know, give him a taste of his own medicine and all that kind of good stuff. But the moment I saw how much that hurt, and how much confusion I had in my head. I didn't feel like I'd done anything to deserve being cheated on. You see the similarities? <laughs> I didn't think I'd done anything at all to, to deserve being cheated on. I thought I'd done every single thing right. And it turned out, nah. It did not matter. Do you know what I mean? And that was how, that must have been how they were feeling. And, that, and I never cheated on a girl since never cheated on a girl since because i realized how much pain it causes when that trust is completely broken and then i realized how much of a hypocrite i was being by excusing my behavior by my friends excusing my behavior by me excusing my friend's behavior i I just saw how much of a hypocrite i was being where i would say oh do you know what I mean? Snoop Dogg lyrics, bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks. Do you know what I mean? And all that kind of good shit. Just spent, just like, just 
sorry, good shit is just a thing that I say when it's not really good shit. <laughs> um, but, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I would scrutinise the girl before she's done anything. Do you know what I mean? I would agree that, you know, if a man cheats, then it's just one of those things. But if, like, if if, if a girl cheats, then, you know, it's the, it's the most horrid and most sacred law that she could ever break that she's broken. Even though I'd never been cheated on at that point in time, it was just the common thing to agree with and to say about women at that time. But I started to see the absolute hypocrisy in it. Do you know what I mean? I started to see the double standards that I was agreeing to and I was feeding into. I started, and as I got older, I started to see the double standards that society agrees to. I started to see the hypocrisy that society just okays and it's fine. It's not a problem at all. And that's, I feel like that is the most toxic side of masculinity of all. The way that men can just make excuses for each other, even though we know that, do you know what I mean, they are doing the wrong thing. And it, it it just really shaped me to just be straight down the line. with. I can see the, 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 the frustration, the pain, the resentment, the mistrust that is going to happen as a result of that, because I felt it on a massive scale because there were so many girls that I was cheating on when I was a teenager. And, that, and not on the scale of how it would be as an adult way where you're in the process of building a complete life with each other. You're in the process of, you know, getting to the point of figuring out whether you want to spend the rest of your life with this partner, you know, and you've built up a level of trust where you feel like nothing is going to break you at that point. And then to have that trust broken completely to have your whole world turned upside down by this honest, unexpected trauma. Because being cheated on could be traumatic as well. I remember the second time that I was cheated on, a girl called Rachel, and I didn't know for sure, but all of the signs sort of led towards that, yeah, she cheated on, she cheated on me with um, a boy, a man that worked at my own, my old workplace. Isn't that? a breakdown service that I used to work at. She started working there after I had left and there was a mutual friend. Well, not mutual. There was a friend that I knew that was working there as well. And all signs point to her cheating on me with him. But I didn't have a clear... I didn't have a clear sort of proof. Do you know what I mean? But from the moment that I figured it out, it changed, the whole dynamic of the relationship changed and by the end of the day, you know, I'd left her, I told her that it was done, the relationship was done. But I would never forget that day as an older, as an, as an adult being cheated on compared to as a teenager being cheated on. I would never forget that day and how I felt and that. And yeah, I cried. I cried because I was at the point of, you know, you know, I'd just moved into a new place with some friends. I was at the point of wanting her to move in with me. I was at the point of, you know, after this lead, this tenancy agreement is up, we get a place together. All that kind of stuff, you know, feeling like you've, you've progressed through a relationship enough to get to that point of thinking about those things. And to have my whole world turned upside down like that was just completely ugh, horrible. It was excruciatingly painful. 
emotionally in that. And that further sort of cemented the idea of just being completely straight. Do you know what I mean? When it comes to relationships, when it comes to my friends, I'm not going to make excuses for people because making excuses for people is how things get worse. And that's how the toxic masculinity has ended up getting worse because we keep on making excuses for men doing fucked up shit. Look at Bill Cosby. Look at Jim, Jimmy Savile. Look at R. Kelly. Some people want to believe with Michael Jackson as well. And then that's the most high-profile ones that are out there. Look at Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. Jerry, Jerry Epstein or Jeremy Epstein or whatever his name is. None of Steen. Do you know what I mean? And that, but look at all of these high-profile cases of men just abusing their power. And then, and then you look at the music industry and what's being promoted the most. On the male side, it's infidelity, it's complete slackness. I don't give a fuck. It is what it is, and I don't agree with it. It's if it's just complete female degradation and that. And then on the female side, it's songs of heartbreak. It's songs of, you know, female empowerment because they're not going to take this shit anymore. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and that's just the music industry mainstream pop industry how many songs about all oh, being cheated on and you gotta wash that man right out of your hair versions of pop songs out there are they from women do you know what i mean compared and on the other side oh i'm a dog but please forgive me do you know what i mean i knew i shouldn't have i know i shouldn't have cheated on you but you know boys will be boys type shit it's horrible it's it's hypocritical it's 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 further establishing a double standard that for some reason women women have to deal with and they should they shouldn't they shouldn't have to deal with it at all. It doesn't make any sense, but for some reason society champions this. Society champions this distorted perspective. And then as a result of these things comes domestic abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. Do you know what I mean? Domestic violence. Do you know what I mean? Scrutiny when a, 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 a woman says that she's been raped. Complete screw. Oh, what were you wearing? Why were you displaced? That, what, 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 whatever. Rather than just believing her because society has been built up this perspective that women, women are just... Uh, it's tiring. It's frustrating. Being surrounded by that, when you can see through it completely, it's frustrating, it's draining, completely draining to look out at the world and see something as blatant as misogyny, as sexism, do you know what I mean? Just being championed on all sides. The current the current flack that Adele is getting just for being her. Just for entering a new chapter in her life where she's made some changes to make to make her feel good about herself and everything that she posts ends up getting ends up getting ridiculed and made fun of. Like, leave the girl alone. Look at black women, how black women are treated on a on a second by second basis. And no, I'm not exaggerating by that at all. Look at the treatment of, you know, Venus and Serena Williams. 
constantly being called mannish, in the form of a man too brutish. Do you know what I mean? Like lords and things being changed be just because those two black women, strong black women, were as good and as talented as they were. Con you see it constantly. Do you know what I mean? I, I mean Lennox being compared to a, um, a Rockweiler. Do you know what I mean? For no good reason at all. And people just backing it. Just like the colorism within, do you know what I mean? The black community within itself. That people constantly want to deny. But when you look out, you know, as uh, at what is being pushed through the media, it is what you see. There is a clear favoritism towards light-skinned girls in music videos. Than black, than black girls. And that's just stating facts. That is an, an objective fact. You can trace it back through music video after music video after music video. When it comes to rap videos, drill, drill, whatever. Whatever when it comes to the urban music scene. Which is a title that I hate when it comes to black music. You can see it is, it is an objective fact. That is championed. Championed on a regular basis, even on a greater societal scale. Championed on a reg regular basis. And it should stop. Because the jig is up. And women are just not having it anymore. Again, look at... Again, look at Bill Cosby, Jimmy Savile, Harvey Weinstein. And the tons of other men that have ended up being, being made to be held accountable... For past discretions, if you could call it that. You know? Look at what's happening through society now. Some would say femi femi feminism has been radicalised. Some would say that the greatest enemy to planet Earth right now is a cisgendered white male. Some would say, do you know what I mean, that men, you know, that black men do not care for black women at all. These are the conversations that are being had right now. Because these hypocrisies, toxic masculinity, these double standards has gone on for long enough. I remember a brethren that I had who was basically a sex addict. You know, and I say that because at least that makes me look at things in a different way. He didn't need. He didn't intentionally want to hurt these women, but he was feeding into an an addiction that he had, and I can't really look it look too much down on him too tough. But at the same time, the extent that it was having on his on the mother of his children, the extent that it was having on all the girls that he ended up cheating on as a result, you know. It would get to the point where he would he would come to me and he would be lost completely. He does not want to know what to do. But this shit is getting to the point where it's starting to destroy his life. It's starting to destroy his family. And I, only, I, I could only tell him the truth. Come out of that relationship. Don't use the kids as a result, as, um, as an excuse, sorry. Come out of the relationship. The kids will probably be better off. Not being in a tox toxic, hostile environment because their parents don't get on because their father keeps on cheating on the mother. 
And it'll probably be be a better environment for them. I can I can't be a yes man. Yes, one of the yes men to any of my friends who are willingly going to cheat on their partners. I can't do it. I've been around conversations like that too much where even though the man is completely in the wrong, somehow it's still the woman's fault. Somehow. And it's like, no, you're a fucking idiot, man. And then when they go back into that relationship, knowing that their partner is going to have no trust, no trust with them, they are going to be paranoid every step of the way. They are going to question every single move that you make for you to justify being back in that relationship. And then the relationship becomes more toxic because you can't be asked with the earache even though you deserve it. And they can't be asked with the paranoia, but they have to be paranoid because you've hurt them once before. You've broken the element of trust. And it seems when it comes to trust in men, it's something that's often broken, but it's like, oh, it's just one of those things. It's just what happens. But when these things happen, the situation gets ten times worse. And then the domino effects of that further down the line, some of them can be as bad that you, you can't go come back from. Women dying as a result of a broken heart, feeling suicidal, losing complete hope, being made to feel that they're worthless when it comes to really abusive men that for some reason just won't come out of the relationship and become completely territorial. If I can't have her, then no one can. You know that one. We've heard that one many times before. You know. With the great gems of, oh, you're nothing without me. You'll never get anyone that's as good as me. And all that kind of fucking good shit. Those kind of behaviours come from a society that will not or rarely holds men accountable for their disgusting actions. It comes from toxic masculinity. It comes from nurturing a double standard for so long. It comes from nurturing misogyny for so long. Where men almost feel completely comfortable to do these things knowing that they're not going to feel any repercussions. And it needs to stop. Too many women in my family have suffered at the hands of abuse of men. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that women can't be abusive as well. Of course we can. We're human. No human is perfect. Men or women. Men can lie, women can lie. Men can be abusive, women can be abusive. Men can be violent, women can be violent. But nowhere is it more championed. Nowhere is a blind eye more turned than when it comes to men. Nowhere is it more normalised 
than when it comes to men. Now, if you're not one of them type of men, one of those types of men, cool, this isn't going to ruffle your feathers. This isn't going to make you feel any kind of way. You're a good man. But if you are one of those types of men, and you're listening to this, and you're feeling like, oh, I'm digging at you, I'm calling you a waste man, which you are, you are a waste man if you do any of those types of things. You are completely waste man. But if you are one of those types of men, rather than getting angry at me because of something that you know that is eventually going to cause disastrous results, this going to cause more pain, more anguish, more anxiety, more PTSD in a lot of cases, in a lot of violent cases when it comes to domestic violence, rape, emotional abuse, mental abuse. You know the damage that these things can cause. Yeah, if you choose to still do it anyway, you really need to take a long, hard look at yourself. Really ask yourself, is it really worth it? Is it? Of course it isn't. Of course it isn't. But in the stage where you are in your life, is it really worth it? With where we are in 2020, where cancel culture is in full swing, is it really worth it? Keep causing pain that doesn't need to be caused. I don't care if I sound preachy or not. This is one of the things that I've really wanted to get off my chest for a while. Because it's objectively true. And the more you try to deny it, the more you, you're more part of the problem. Men have a lot to answer for when it comes to abuse and violence. Men have a lot to answer for. Let's start answering for it now. Take it easy. Hope you have an amazing day, week, month, year. See you next time. Blessings to you all.